The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. No, get, that's winbet.com. Man, I'm reading off the wrong read. WinBet. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter. And guess what? $1,000 in cash and prizes up to four grabs. Plus, we have the first half under bingo. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No, no, me, no, the voice, no, the guy. It's me, really real villain, real real from Junior here at your service, and got my guy Scott Studio right show with me. Scott, what's going on? Not nothing much. Looking forward to going through the mock draft or the first part of our mock draft. It's going to be fun. I know that a lot of people are focused on college basketball, which is going on right now the NBA, including us, other sports going on. But football still has content all year round. And besides free agency, you got the draft coming up in about a month. So looking mm-hmm. forward to starting our coverage, including the mock draft. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, we have a lot to talk about, and there's so much to talk about in such a little time. We're not going to try to take up everybody's day. So we're going to go through some of our ma- the major offseason acquisition as we go through our mock draft. But to let people know how we set this up, Scott, you and I got – well, we didn't get together. We kind of went on our own, did our own mock drafts, and then came together. And now we're going to be sharing them with each other and to the world here. And at the end, we'll just go and we'll look at those. We're starting with 1 through 16. And we'll have another episode that will drop in maybe a week uh, for the rest of the picks in the first round. But 1 through 16. And then we'll talk about some of the betting betting picks that kind of associate with our mock draft selections, where we both like what we both don't like. And uh, maybe a best bet for the NFL draft early on. So let's go ahead and get started. And honestly, 1 through 4. Very easy because you and I both had the exact same picks for one through four. Uh, I believe we had the same picks for one through four. But first overall, and this is the first news that we are going to talk about, is the Carolina Panthers, who received the first overall pick from the Chicago Bears, giving up their first overall pick. I mean, their first round pick this year, first round pick next year, and two other first second round picks, along with wide receiver DJ Moore, all going to the Carolina Panthers. CJ Stroud, number one overall. I had Stroud. You had Stroud. Anything you want to talk about there? I feel like there's kind of two discussions that are still potentially taking place. First of all is with Carolina. There are some rumors. I don't know how likely it is, but there are some rumors that Carolina might be tempted by 
Richardson because of his athleticism and the success they had with Cam Newton. So there is a chance maybe they take Richardson. And the other talking point was if Carolina trades the pick again because they know that they can get Stroud and Houston is probably going to take somebody else who we're going to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. I don't think Carolina is going to trade down. I don't see that happening. They trade it up. I think they're just going to take their guy. But I went with Stroud because it seems like Carolina has been interested in Stroud for a long time. And I do think that even though they can take any guy that they want because they have the first overall pick now, I think they're going to stay true to themselves and who they think is the best guy, the quarterback prospect they like the most. And based on all reports, it does seem like they like Stroud the most. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what I'm going off of just what's reported from the team and what I've been hearing around. And it sounds like CJ Stroud is their guy and I don't blame him. I mean, CJ Stroud, I, I, for me, the draft class was pretty simple in terms of quarterback. You either like Stroud or you like Bryce Young. Like that's really it for me. Everybody else is all right. They could pan out, but I'm not taking a chance on them. But for me, it was between those two. It was Stroud and Young. So Pretty easy there. I'm not going to draft a quarterback that I think is a serious project, and I think that Levis and Richardson are both serious projects. So I don't. I don't think Levis is a project. I just don't think Levis is good. I don't think Levis is good either. I don't think Levis is good. Can they step in? Let's just say maybe just sit for a year. Can they contribute? I'm not sure Levis and Richardson can. Richardson is very, very underwhelming as a passer. He's got a great arm in terms of strength. The accuracy is not there though. And that's why he was kind of unsuccessful at Florida. I think both those guys who we'll talk about individually in a second, I'm not sold on their short-term ability to actually contribute. And I think that Carolina especially might be impatient. I don't think they're going to wait around for Richardson or Levis to develop after a couple of years of some growing pains and maybe sitting on the bench. That's kind of why I see Stroud or Young. I think those two are the most pro-ready quarterback prospects. Yeah, I am. I'm going to throw, and this is way down there, but Hendon Hooker, that's the only other person I would take a shot on other than those two. And that's and just Hooker's going to get held against him, though, because of the age and the fact that he's already 27. Yeah, and the um, injury and all that. He, like That's going to be, but I think Hendon Hooker is probably the only person that I think can come in and. Sorry, Hook, Hooker's 25, but you get my point. Yeah, no, no, I get you. Saying, you're saying he's old, and he is. Yep. He's the same age as. Um, Dang, who was they just saying he's – I think it was – no, it wasn't Josh Allen. I don't know. It was somebody. They were saying he's the same. Point as I said 27, I meant 25. But still, he's older than other draft prospects. But we're not going to talk about him here, but that is the only other person. Other than that, I I don't think it's going to work out with a lot of these quarterbacks. All right, two, three – and well, real quick, thoughts on the trade in terms of for Chicago. I think it's a good trade for Chicago. Chicago, we know, didn't exactly need a quarterback – or maybe they did, and you're not a big Justin Fields guy, but they have a quarterback that they could potentially build around, and they decided we need more assets, and they got him a weapon in DJ Moore. Doesn't change how awful the Claypool trade was, but still, they got Claypool, who I'm not a fan of, but he's there. So you have a better receiving core, and you also got rid of the ninth pick. I don't know who the Bears would have taken in that spot, but the point is, I do think it was a good move for Chicago to at least try to build around your quote-unquote franchise quarterback instead of letting him just struggle passing the ball Mm -hmm. every year. So I like the move for them. Carolina, I think giving up that those picks and more was a little bit much, but they're also desperate for a quarterback, and they had a year of 
yeah, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and PJ Wash and PJ Walker. So they they just wanted to uh, have any quarterback or any future there at the quarterback position. <laughs> Stroud was the guy I was kind of out on, but then he impressed me against Georgia, and I kind of turned over a little bit. Not still a big fan of him, but I think that he's better than I thought going into that Georgia game. I think it's an okay trade for Carolina. It's a little bit steep, but I think it's a good trade for Chicago. You? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think it's, you get your guy. If you're, I am a big proponent of if you like a guy, go get him. That I'm a huge proponent of that. And if that is your guy, then you do what you do to get, you do what you can to get that guy. And then you develop that guy. It doesn't stop when you just, draft a guy to your team and you say, all right, we got our guy. Everything's for, no, you have to develop that guy. You got to make sure that you get the best bang for your buck. So I'm always a huge proponent of if you have a guy, go get your guy. And they are sitting here and saying, whether it's CJ Stroud or whether whoever it is, they went out and got the number one overall pick. Nobody else can take this guy from them. They have their pick of the litter. And so I can never fault anybody for going to get their guy. And for the Chicago bears, you got, Big play, big play wide receiver, big asset for Justin Fields. You kind of nip that talk of, hey, we're going to take Bryce Young and we're going to figure it out and trade Justin Fields. You kind of nip all that in the bud and saying, hey, we're committed to Justin Fields. Justin Fields is our quarterback of the future, and we're going to make it work with him and give him all the tools he needs to succeed. So I love it. I love the trade on both sides. I think right. Carolina, it's tough to grade because, as you said before, it's about development. So you really can't grade these type of trades in the short term because, for example, let's just say that you think this trade is too much for Carolina to give up for the first pick. I'm not saying C.J. Stroud's going to turn into Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes was mm-hmm. a somewhat of a project quarterback out of A&M. Nobody really knew what to – out of uh, Texas Tech, and nobody really knew what to expect. And he turned out to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So if Stroud turns out to be a top 10 quarterback in the league, then suddenly Carolina wins this trade. Like it's really difficult Mm -hmm. to evaluate any draft trade in the short term until you see what the players look like two, three years down the road. Mm -hmm. So as of right now, I think Chicago won the trade if I had to guess. But once again, I have to see how Stroud or whichever quarterback they take look in the NFL and then we can reevaluate it. All right, let's go quickly into picks two, three, and four, because I know we both had the same. I'm pretty sure we both had the same picks for this. Bryce Young goes number two to the Houston Texans. Will Anderson Jr. to number three to the Arizona Cardinals. And Will Levis, number four to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'll kick off the discussion and just take away from those three picks is that while I don't think Will Levis is – going to be that guy i don't i don't honestly see it i think that really his only attribute that people say they like is his arm and everything else gets overlooked by the fact of hey he's got a cannon for an arm but they don't talk about anything else and what i've seen from him in the sec was just lackluster and i didn't really wasn't really too too impressed about it teams are gonna look at him and say he's the prototypical pocket quarterback that they want and for the, it's, I think that that's what they want. They just want somebody that's going to sit in and somebody that they can groom in their system. Whether he's the best guy or not, they're not taking any more chances with these old, old and aged quarterbacks or anything like that. So 
they go get a young guy that fits the system, which is what. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you're still there, Terrell, but it's kind of. I was going to say you're kind of lagging out. I, I couldn't really hear what you said there, but um, I'm, I think they're going to take Levis in general, just because I think that he kind of fits what the Colts have been trying to go for in the past. You got Peyton Manning, pretty tall quarterback, decent arm, but there's kind of a prototype there. Andrew Luck, for example, they've had a couple of quarterbacks that they've drafted in the past that kind of, look, I don't want to say look similar to Levis, but I feel like there are some, um, skill sets that are pretty similar between the guys that they've had in the past. I'm not a big Levis guy, personally. I think Levis is going to be a bit of an underwhelming quarterback in the pros because I watched him in college, and I didn't think he was very good, and he also couldn't beat out Sean Clifford for a starting job at Penn State. So I'm not a Levis guy. I think he's going to be pretty underwhelming, potentially a bust, but I think the Colts are going to take him because of the arm strength and the fact that he has some intangibles or he has some measurables that the Colts have historically been uh, just fascinated by and historically have prioritized over other uh, skill sets. So I think that they're going to take Levis. Do I agree with the pick? No, but I think that the Colts are probably going to take him. Uh, I will work backwards though. Uh, looking at the Second overall pick, I think Houston's going to take Bryce Young. I just think with all of the quarterback uncertainty and with the Deshaun Watson situation, I feel like they want somebody who's mature, who's capable of potentially leading a team. Now, Bryce Young, the main thing that's held against him is his height or lack thereof and his weight or lack thereof. They think that he is still relatively skinny and he's not going to be able to survive a full season in the NFL. Not exactly like what we've seen with Tua, but kind of the similar concerns there. At the end of the day, I think that Bryce Young, who proved in college he can be successful, but mostly for Houston, with a brand-new head coach, I think they want a mature guy at the quarterback position who can be a quick learner and a guy who could lead his team sooner rather than later to being a competent offense. I think Bryce Young would be my choice there for Houston just because I do think he is more pro-ready than the other guys. And the fact is, from what I've heard, he seems to be pretty mature, and I think that's going to be a big reason why a brand-new coach would be interested in drafting him. Terrell, you there? I don't think Terrell's back yet. So anyway, uh, moving on with the other pick. Looking at Will Anderson, it's a spot where Arizona, even if you don't like Kyler Murray, the contract is so expensive that he's going to be the quarterback. They just don't have a choice. And they have a brand-new coach. I think at the end of the day, you're looking at Arizona, who might trade away DeAndre Hopkins, but they still have their quarterback. And since they have their quarterback, it's a question of what do you think they're going to do? I think Arizona's going to go defense. J.J. Watt was past his prime, but he did retire. They could use a little bit of help on the defensive line. And Will Anderson is a very versatile player. Uh, he was solid at Bama. I think he might be a little bit overrated, but he still has some upside. And if you want to go for a hyper-athletic linebacker who could really rush the passer. I think Anderson makes a lot of sense at that spot. So I'm going to go with Anderson to Arizona. It probably would have been Jalen Carter about a week or two ago, but then he had his off-the-field issues, and I don't think anybody would go near Carter at this point, especially in the top three. So I think Carter is going to have a massive slide, and as a result, I will pick the second-best defensive player for Arizona to take. And for me, that's going to be Anderson. I just think that he can fill some voids on this defense, especially with Watt leaving and with a brand new coaching staff. You could get yourself a guy who maybe could turn into a double-digit sack guy for several years in a row 
and maybe potentially become a Pro Bowl guy, I think Anderson makes a lot of sense there with the third pick. You? Yeah, I am with you on Will Anderson. They lose J.J. Watt. They uh, they lost somebody else on that defensive line. I can't remember what the name was. Uh, but they basically just revamping that defense. Kyler Murray, as you said, I think that the contract is just too big where he's going to be the quarterback at least one more year. And they're honestly not, you know, they really don't have an issue with that because, again, this draft class of quarterbacks have a lot of question marks, and you give yourself another year. Maybe it does work out with Kyler. Maybe it was a Cliff Kingsbury thing, and you give Kyler a year with the new coach, and maybe this thing turns out all right. So uh, I'm with you as well. Will Anderson, Bryce Young, I felt like he was the best quarterback of the class. I just don't think that Carolina has any interest in Bryce Young, so that's why I had him fall to Houston. And then, like I was saying on Will Levis, I just think that he's just the prototypical quarterback that the Colts would go for. That they're like, hey, this yeah. is a guy that fits the system. He's not old as fuck anymore. He's not old as hell. Like we're getting a young guy coming in and actually building around them. So, well, when that's you lagged what- out, I, I mentioned the measurables, and I said that with Peyton Manning, with Andrew Luck, they had height, they had some arm strength. Peyton, you could argue, could have had better arm strength, but there was a certain just impressiveness with their overall stature which the Colts have always been impressed by, uh, those type of measurables. And I do think that Levis checks those boxes. I don't think he's good, and I think that he's going to turn out to be a pretty underwhelming NFL player. But I think that based on the Colts' track record of who they draft, he does check a lot of the boxes of the guy that the Colts would draft to play quarterback. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to pick number five. I will let you go first. This is where we start to differentiate here. The Seattle Seahawks select. I got Tyree Wilson, uh, the uh, edge from Texas Tech. At the end of the day, the Seahawks just signed Geno Smith or re-signed him, so their quarterback is fully set. Uh, They have a a pretty good receiving core, of course, with with Metcalf being there, etc. And I do think that with Seattle's defense, it was their Achilles heel last year, especially against the run. And I do think that taking a potentially raw but extremely athletic edge like Tyree Wilson has a, makes a lot of sense. If you want to look at the betting odds, Anderson to be the first defensive player was minus 300. Wilson to be the second defensive player taken. For him to be the first uh, defensive player was plus 300, and Carter was plus 375. So it does seem like Wilson has jumped Carter in most mock drafts and who's going to be drafted first between the two of them. I think Wilson makes a lot of sense for Seattle who has a, a pretty long draft record of Carroll of being willing to sacrifice the actual, I'd say, try, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to describe this, the overall finished prospect for the raw prospect, they're willing to draft on upside, and I think that Wilson has a lot of upside. So give me Wilson to be the Seattle draft pick here in the top five. Yeah, same. I went the same concept as you, except different player. I picked Jalen Carter. I think, I mean, before the uh, arrest warrant, Jalen Carter was the consensus number one defensive player to be selected. And he had took over the betting markets. Everybody was talking about him. And then that came out and his stock tanked a little bit. I don't think that this is as deep as everybody is making it seem like it is, especially not for him to fall this far. I think that Seattle, when they look at Jalen Carter, they see a potential number one overall pick that is sliding because of, you know, a mistake. And 
if I sat here and went through all the mistakes that a whole bunch of draft pick selections made while they were young, then I'd sit here and have a list as long as I don't know what. So I, I think that this is opportunity where Seattle just says, Hey, let's go get a guy that was that could have been number one overall. He made a mistake. He we had a conversation with them. We talked with them about it. We still feel comfortable in this pick. So I'm going with uh, Jalen Carter. And just because he's arguably like with Will Anderson, they're like one A, one B with the best defensive players in this draft in my eyes. Yeah. I just think that at the end of the day, you always have one guy who kind of slides, whether it's PR reason or whatever. We saw with Laramie Tunzel and how he plummeted after that video of the gas bong popped and he ended up falling about 10 spots or so. I think Carter is going to be that guy this year where even though you could argue he shouldn't fall that much, especially with people around the league who have done significantly worse things, who are not just in the league but making tons of money in the league. So there's a bit of hypocrisy there. I just think that it's a bit of a PR nightmare, and I think that some teams would stay away from him. And I think as a result, he will slide more than people might think. So we both agree on defense. I just think Carter's going to slide more based on what I've seen in previous drafts where some guy with a questionable background seems to fall more than people expect. All right. Let's move on to pick number six, and that is the Detroit Lions. And I'll kick this off because I had the guy that you just gave to the Seattle Seahawks, and that's Tyree Wilson. I mean – uh, it was kind of, you know, close for me here in between picking a defensive lineman or a defensive back. But ultimately, I just went to the fact of Detroit just picked a defensive back a few years ago and it didn't pan out like they wanted to. So I was like, uh, Detroit probably decides to go a different area, whereas last year they took a defensive end in Hayden and Aiden Hutchinson. And that was great. And now they have opportunity to get somebody really, really good on the opposite side of them, fortify that defensive line. And for all the reasons that you talk about Tyree Wilson, I think that he could 100% be that edge for the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions. So I have Tyree Wilson going next. Yeah, for me, I went to the secondary because they still have Hutchinson. The defensive line was better as the season went on. Still not a fan of that secondary. And I did end up picking Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. I just think he's a very solid player that could fit their system. And I do think that he is a very pro-ready corner. And I think that with him being able to contribute immediately – that's going to check a lot of boxes, especially for a physical uh, coach that likes physicality like Dan Campbell. I think Witherspoon will fit their system pretty well. So I went with Witherspoon there to help out that line secondary, which we all know was horrible last year. Yep. All right. Before we get into the rest of the draft, I got to talk to you about our presenting sponsor and the official online sportsbook of Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And that is WinBet, who is now live in Massachusetts. Yes, Boston, you can bet online at WinBet. Be on the lookout for the win bet win hour each Thursday every, from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. And you have the marquee games of the week with better odds than anybody else at the win bet win hour. So many ways to bet on everything, including March Madness. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, our DGEN's only Long shot parlay of the week, where if you hit the longest parlay of the week, you can get a thousand dollar free credit. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to Sports Gambling Podcast, not Sports Gambling Podcast. Wow, I keep reading the wrong read. Head over to winbet.com. They changed it on us. Just go to winbet.com. You don't have to type in Sports Gambling Podcast. That's it. Just go to winbet.com or download the Winbet app. Our subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. 
And we're also brought to you by the DJ Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back, free to enter, and guess what? $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we got our first half under bingo, where you can win an SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. All right, let's get to pick number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. And they made splashy news today by trading tight end Darren Waller to the New York football Giants for a third overall pick, pick 100 in the draft. So essentially the New York Giants just traded Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller. Well, that was one move. They also ended up signing Garoppolo. Yes, that is. They did sign Jimmy Garoppolo. So they have quote unquote, their quarterback of the future and Jimmy Garoppolo three-year deal, $67.5 million, $34 million guaranteed. All right. Who do you have here for the Las Vegas Raiders? So initially I thought they would consider taking a quarterback, but then Garoppolo signed with them. So now they're definitely not going to do that. For me, I ended up going with a classic Raiders pick. We know the Raiders are the biggest wild card on the board every single year. I'll draft somebody based on measurables or based on just physicality. And I do think that this is a spot where they could reach for a prospect that I do like, but I think most people would think is a bit premature. Their secondary is not good, but there was one corner that I thought stood out in college that would really just fit the Raiders based on how they've drafted in the past. I got Joey Porter Jr. here. I think that it might be a little bit early according to most mocks, but the Raiders always go off the board and draft somebody a bit prematurely. Shout out to Cleveland Farrell, who got drafted like 20 picks early. Uh, but I do think at the end of the day, Joey Porter Jr. really has a certain swagger about him, which I think would appeal to the Raiders. And I think that he's also just a good player. Give me Joey Porter Jr. there as kind of a wild card pick by the Raiders who always draft somebody that Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. I remember losing a bet. I said I had a bet uh, going that CD Lamb was going to get drafted before Jerry Judy, and I was like, CD Lamb's going to the Raiders. Like that's the Raiders need wide receiver. That's they're going. And then they drafted Ruggs, and I was like, oh my gosh. And then it ended up Judy going to the Broncos before Lamb went to the Cowboys. And I was. I still remember that I did a draft preview uh, because I was doing a podcast for the Bay Area teams, and the Raiders were still playing in uh, California at the time. And I predicted who they would pick, and I predicted who the 49ers would pick. I said they were going to take Ruggs solely because of his measurables, his speed, and just how the Raiders have drafted in the past. I think Porter Jr. does check a lot of boxes for what the Raiders look for in mm-hmm. most corners. So that's why I picked him. So I went with Pete Skoranski. I hope I said that right. And the tackle from Northwestern. And just thinking that, all right, you went and you got Jimmy Garoppolo, but what does Jimmy Garoppolo do well? He stands inside the pocket. He makes decisions. And you really got to take care of somebody like that. And so this Raiders offensive line has been going through it for the past couple of seasons. And I don't think that you can put peak, uh, you can put Jimmy Garoppolo in that same offensive line that had Derek Carr and expect you to have any success. So I was banking on offensive-minded Josh McDaniels having the final say in this and saying, hey, we got to get, we just got our quarterback. We got to protect our quarterback, and let's go get one of the best tackles in the draft and Peter Skaronski. I, I just feel like the Raiders are going to try to make a splashy pick. I don't disagree that the Raiders could use some help on the offensive line. 
especially with Garoppolo being immobile. But I feel like the Raiders usually try to make a splashy move, and I feel like taking or reaching, however you want to phrase it, on a physical corner who had a father played in the NFL who could contribute immediately, I think is more what the Raiders have done historically. So I'm kind of trying to guess what the Raiders would do based on how they've drafted in the past. No, I'm because you told me about the rug story, and I'm 100% getting down on a Joey Porter to go seventh overall. You can so, see that, though, can't you? Yeah, like yeah, I can see it. Like, And it's completely off the board And because you have about – I mean, you have Witherspoon going way higher than I have them, but there's still two other corners that people pretty much are saying – I I have three corners. I think no, I have two corners. I think most mocks still have Witherspoon around the top ten. I just think the line secondary was that bad. They'll potentially make a move and take him. So you can argue oh, have- maybe somebody else, but you get the point. The point is the Raiders are always a guy. No matter what all the mock drafts say, no matter what you think they're going to do, they're always going to do something that's going to get looks potentially three times over because people will be shocked at what they did. I think taking Porter early does seem some something that the Raiders would do. Yeah, seem like something the Raiders down. would do. So let me know. Uh, let, I can't. I don't. I can't find any draft props. I think it's because I'm in the state of Virginia, and Virginia doesn't let you bet on the draft. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So let me know if you see any uh, what the price is for Porter to go exactly seven to the Raiders. Yeah, I'll let you know if I find anything. But New York doesn't exactly have many draft props either, so I'm kind of scrambling. But if yeah, I find we'll anything, I'll let you know. We'll have to look it up. All right. Eight over all the Atlanta Falcons and they make quarterback news too. They they signed uh, Heineke today. Yeah, they did sign Taylor Heineke. You know, just screw the commanders for letting Taylor Heineke go. That was not I like Taylor Heineke. I feel like he I feel like he's not gonna be good anywhere else but Washington. I, that's what truly I feel like he's not going to be good anywhere else but Washington. I think he's mostly a backup quarterback, but I think that he definitely showed that he should have been considered for a long-term, uh, ro- a long-term roster spot because of how good he was as a backup quarterback. So I agree with you, but, you know, he decided he wanted to go elsewhere. So here we go. Yeah, I am. And I have the Atlanta Falcons taking, keeping Nolan Smith, in the state of Georgia, I have them going for Nolan Smith, the, Nolan Smith, the edge. And I'm just fading the fact that Atlanta believes that they I, – I just think Atlanta is not going to go. After getting Rit, Ritter, I mean – and I'm fading the fact of teams actually liking Anthony Richardson. Like, I know all the combine stuff that he had, but I also know how the M- NFL works and as often as they build a player up they can't wait to tear a player down and i can just see and no fault of his at all but i can just see anthony richardson sliding in this draft for no fault of his own and teams just saying ultimately yes he had the great combine yes the public is hyping him up a lot we're still gonna let this guy fall because we don't think that he is the they're basically giving him the lamar jackson treatment and whether that works out for them or not We'll see, but I actually had – I'm not even going to talk about Anthony Richardson in this episode of the mock draft. So, uh, for me, I went Nolan Smith, boost that defense, and really good edge, keep him in the state of Georgia. I love a narrative about at there of the state of Georgia, keeping him in Atlanta Falcons. But I'm just fading the Falcons making a smart decision because I don't think they'll make a smart decision. So, for me, I actually picked Richardson to go here. 
I don't know how likely it is because it depends on if Atlanta actually has faith in Ritter. I just called Heineke basically a career-long backup, so I'm not exactly expecting him to be the future starter of this team. Maybe in relief if there's somebody who gets injured or if the team's awful and they want to give him some reps. But I do think at the end of the day, this would be a decent spot for Atlanta to consider taking a very athletic quarterback. It's been a while since they've had one of those, and we know how important Michael Vick was to the city. I do think at the end of the day, it could be a decent spot for Atlanta to try to at least consider going for an athletic quarterback who could become a very good player in the future if he were if he develops. But I picked Richardson here. Truth is, Atlanta needs help at a bunch of positions. So I figure that maybe they would try to go for another quarterback who could become a decent value option. I'm not mm-hmm. sold on Richardson, but when you're linked to being the number one overall pick and they can get you at basically the eight spot, I think it's tempting for a team to decide, you know what, maybe we don't need him, but for the spot alone, we didn't think he'd be available, so we're going to take him. Usually you get a pick or two like that during the course of the draft. I think it's a decent spot for Atlanta to take a flyer on Richardson with the eighth pick because I think we both agree, Ritter, from what we saw last year, I wasn't overly impressed. I don't think he looked very good when he started. He had some moments maybe here or there, but I really didn't see much, which told me he'd be a long-term starter, and Heineke's a backup. I picked Richardson mostly because with all the buzz surrounding him, I'm not, I don't think he's going to fall out of the top 10. I think a team will potentially trade up to get him. Atlanta might trade down. I think it's reasonable for Atlanta to trade down here. But give me Richardson. I think it's a decent spot for Atlanta, who needs help at a bunch of positions to try to make a home run draft pick taking Richardson. All right. Going to pick number nine, the Chicago Bears that they got in the trade with the Carolina Panthers. Who do you have the Bears picking in on? So you already said this guy, but I did not. So I'm going to go with Skaronski, the tackle out of Northwestern. Makes a lot of sense here. They got DJ Moore. They just basically proclaimed Justin Fields as the future starter. However, he was sacked a ton last year, and they want to keep him alive. So I think drafting an offensive lineman makes a lot of sense. Plus, there's a local tie since Northwestern is, of course, in the same state that the Bears play in. So I think that it makes a lot of sense for the Bears to draft a local kid who fits a position of need. Give me Skaronski. I went offensive line as well. However, everybody keeps talking about Justin Fields reuniting with an Ohio State teammate. I went with the other Ohio State teammate, and that is Paris Johnson Jr. tackle from Ohio State. I think that this this is the narrative that people are missing. They keep talking about a wide receiver from Ohio State, but I went with the tackle one. You got to get this guy some help there. The offensive line intangibles that you talk about over the course of the season were so, so bad. So, so bad for the Chicago Bears. This is a step in the right direction. So I think we both agree here that the Bears really would behoove them to go offensive line early here and just lock in somebody that can be good and really somebody that can lock down for a number of years on that offensive line. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad move to take him instead of the guy that I mentioned, but I don't know. You always see them, a team potentially pivot to a local guy who played at a local college, and the scouts have watched him a lot. I could see Skaronski staying local and going to the Bears. But once again, we're picking the two top offensive linemen in the draft, so it could go either way. But I'm leaning one way. You're leaning to another guy. But you also picked my guy to get drafted already. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. I can't 
lean to him if I would lean to him if he was on the board. However, I had yeah. the Raiders taking him already. Number 10, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. And for them, I have my number one corner on the board, and that is Christian Gonzalez from the Oregon Ducks. And right now, minus 200 to be the first cornerback selected. So some some telling information there. That's a lot of, you know, a lot of juice to be laying on one corner. I wouldn't be betting that, but I do think he is one of the best corners in the draft. And uh, with this Philadelphia team now, they did just lock up James Bradbury today. So they just locked him up down for a three-year deal today. And he's going to be coming back to the team. But they're still – before this, you were talking about Bradbury could potentially be gone. Then they were talking about trades for Darius Slay. Darius Slay. So uh, if Slay is out of there, then that opens up another – you know, it just opens up a lot of possibility. And I think that there's so many question marks of what they feel about that secondary that they're willing to go and get another corner here. So for me, I'm going Christian Gonzalez for the Eagles. Quarterback, Oregon, what say you? So this one's a bit tricky, but the Eagles did just lose Hargrave, who ended up going to the Niners. And I do think it makes sense for the Eagles to draft a replacement – I have not mentioned him because I think he's going to slide because of the all-field issues, and I do think it's going to be one of those situations where the Eagles just made the Super Bowl, and they're going to look up and say, how the hell did the league let them draft this guy? I got Jalen Carter over here, and I feel like it's a spot where he should go earlier, but I do think that a couple teams will pass, and the other teams will realize it's not worth the PR nightmare. I think he might be worth it because I think he's that good, but I got Jalen Carter here. Hargrave going to the Niners creates a massive hole on the interior defensive line. And I think if Carter's available, the Eagles will not hesitate and they'll draft him. I got Carter going here, but it's also because I think they're going to look up and say, how is he still available at 10? We got to draft this guy. Yeah, I, I agree with the same sentiments. I just, you know, you I don't think he's going to slide. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think he's going to slide. All right, moving on to the Tennessee Titans. And I have the Tennessee Titans taking Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. And they just need they need that big body wide receiver. Like they need a big body option for somebody to go to, a reliant wide receiver, somebody that they can grow in the organization, similar to what they did with AJ Brown until it's time to pay them. And then they're ultimately going to trade them away for nothing. So I'm here and I pick Quentin Johnston. I think that is good, especially if you are committed to Malik Willis and it from all accounts, it sounds like they are. It doesn't sound like that they are going a different direction. It sounds like they're going to keep the guy on their roster. They're going to keep developing him. And how do you make life easier on him? You give him a big target to go to. And somebody with such a large catch radius, somebody that's as good as Quentin Johnston, I think that he's a really, really good match for Tennessee. So I have Quentin Johnston. Yeah, so do I. Uh, we got the same guy here. But it is worth mentioning, if you want to look at some draft props, uh, Smith and Jigba is plus 110 to be the first wide receiver taken. Johnson is plus 210. So we're going okay. with a decent underdog there. But I think right, Tennessee, yeah, I like that. I think Tennessee would draft Johnson because, as you said before, they like physical wide receivers. And I do think that even though Smith and Jigba is probably going to be the better pro, in my opinion, if he can stay healthy, health has been a concern for him. And I think that some teams might lean to Johnston because of how good he looked with TCU and how physically imposing he was. I think that he's going to be picked by Tennessee because they could use a guy to replace A.J. Brown from a physical standpoint. They already have Burks, who's more of a speedster. I think they're going to look for a complimentary big play guy. I'm with you. I got Quinn Johnson at 11. 
All right. First first half under in the books for us. 27-33. Corpus Christi is up. I like it. I'm glad. I'm glad. Glad to go ahead and cash that first bet. All right. Houston, back on the clock. Who do you have Houston at taking at 12? So we got them taking a quarterback because we agreed on their second overall pick. Now it's time uh-huh. to talk about who they're going to have to protect them. I got Paris Johnson. Uh, main reason why is because Goronsky was already taken in my book, but the Texans basically have no offensive line. They're listening to trade offers on Tunsil, so they really could use any offensive lineman uh-huh. that's imaginable. I got Paris Johnson here because I still have him on the board. I'm assuming you're going to take another offensive lineman because you already have Johnson and Skaronsky off the board. Yes, I am. And if we can find a prop for Houston, for an offensive lineman to go at the pick number 12, assuming Houston doesn't trade out of that pick, to go at pick number 12, I 100% would take that prop. But I got another Georgia guy, Broderick Jones. I went with Broderick Jones, my next offensive tackle on the board he's going and same thing as you you got to protect Bryce Young man like got to protect Bryce Young you got to start working on the offense I think DeMarco Ryan's uh is going to do really well with the defense so early focus in the offensive part of the Houston Texans in this draft so Broderick Jones is my third tackle off the board pick number 13 the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 who are in the news for literally everything but nothing at the same time. So they sign Alan Lazard today. They guess they're trying to sign Randall Cobb. Really, honestly, this is the New York Packers because now there's talk of Aaron Rodgers going as well. But out of all these talks, none of them actually mean anything, honestly. So... Uh, who knows what the Jets are going to do? But for me, I went defense because I truly don't know what this team is doing on offense. And if I know uh, Robert Sala, I know he's a big defensive guy. He always wants to have a road, a, a lot of depth on that defense, especially defensive line, a lot of good players. And so I go a little bit, could be considered a little bit off the board, but Miles Murphy. Defensive end, Clemson, think that he is going to be a really – like he had he has the numbers. He has the intangibles. He has everything at Clemson. I think the only concern was that he was a little bit inconsistent in some of his play, but I think that he's a guy that Robert Sala could look at and say he might have been inconsistent here, but I feel like I can get the best out of him. I can get him to play at a high level every single time he steps onto the field. And so I think that he's one of those guys that can develop into a premier pass rusher in this league. So. Miles Murphy for the New York Packers. So I ended up going with the offensive line here. First of all, I think they will get Rodgers, in my opinion, based on who they've signed. They're signing all of Rodgers' friends and all the people that he's wanted them to sign. So I think he's going to end up going there. So you have an aging quarterback who could use some protection. But the Jets have a good offensive line when healthy. The problem is they're not that healthy uh, pretty much ever. They drafted Becton pretty high a couple of years ago. He's had some injury issues every year and some weight issues, so we'll see what his story is. Vera Tucker Tucker was very good last year, but he got hurt, and the offensive line kind of fell apart without him. I think with all the injuries they've had to the offensive line in years past, they're going to try to shore up some of the depth there. So I actually have them taking the Georgia offensive lineman that you just mentioned, the pick prior. I Mm -hmm. got them taking 
Broderick Jones. I think that he makes a lot of sense at this spot. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hate your pick with Murphy if they want to go defensive line, but I do think with all the offensive line injuries they've had in the past and with them potentially getting an older Aaron Rodgers, I think the main priority is going to be trying to make sure they can survive with a couple offensive line injuries by improving the depth at that spot. So I got them taking Broderick Jones. All right. I like it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at all. Let's go on to the next pick. And here we are. Another AFC East team, New England Patriots. I struggled with this. I almost went skill position on offense, but then I thought, "Eh, no, it's Bill Belichick. So I ended up going defense. And when I thought defense, it was clear and obvious to me. Give me Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. I love watching him play. I I think he's a ball hawk on the defense side of ball. And I think that this is, you know, with the uh, retirement of McCourty with – uh, they just re-signed Jonathan Jones recently as well, but they lost um, – what was the guy they lost last year? His name's escaping me. Uh, JC. Lost JC uh, the year prior. And so I think that this is a great way to get another young body in that secondary, really reinforce that secondary, and get somebody that can do it all. So I'm with Brian Branch. Yeah, for me, I was on the fence between Branch and Gonzalez. I ended up choosing Gonzalez for now. I did that before McCourty retired when I prepared the mock draft. So – I can agree with you on Branch, but it's either going to be Gonzalez or Branch. I think that they need help in the secondary. Either guy's fine. It really mm-hmm. comes down to which player the Patriots like more. Gonzalez seems to be more of an upside guy based on how he's been linked to the top 10 in some mock drafts, while Branch has mostly been a mid-teens guy from what I've seen. I'm going to lean to Gonzalez, but once again, Branch, it's really a 1A, 1B situation for me. Yeah, and... Uh, don't forget that the Patriots used to have, I mean, I, I, you know, I always go with narratives, but they had a wide receiver named Branch, Dion Branch. And so now you have Brian Branch. All right. Next, the Green Bay Packers or the Green Bay, whatever they're changing their name to now that the Packers are officially relocated to New York. I still don't know how I feel about this one. I think, I mean, I think I'm not, it's not against the player. I just truly don't know what the focus for the Green Bay Packers is going to be in this draft. I truly don't. So I went with what I thought was one of the best players available left on the board. And that's Michael Mayer tight end from Notre Dame. Really, really good tight end coming out of Notre Dame. I think that he, if you are moving on from Rogers or if you're keeping Rogers and actually it would be the most poetic thing for Aaron Rodgers to move on to the jets. Oh wait. So I should really go a receiver then. That's exactly why. I'm yeah, it's, it's so but all right. Same same thought process, just different position. I'm still going. I'm gonna keep my pick. I'm gonna go with Michael Mayer. But yeah, no receiver actually would make sense. As soon as Rogers leaves, they use a first round pick on a receiver. I'm actually might I might have to change this. That was exactly the reason why I have Smith and Jigba here at 15. People have been demanding Green Bay to draft a wide receiver for Rogers for about a decade and a half, and they still haven't done it. And now they just got rid of him. And it would only be fitting if they help out a young quarterback by drafting a wide receiver. I just think it's funny. It's kind of a meme pick here, but I also think Smith mm-hmm. and Jigba sliding to 15 might seem a little bit late compared to some mocks. I do think it's going to be held against Smith and Jigba, who just basically sat out the entire year last year. 
and mm-hmm. ditched his team in the playoff. I, I think that's going to be a bit of an issue potentially. But I think that it makes sense for Green Bay to take him. They just lost Lazard, who went to the New York Packers. I think you'll end up seeing them replace him by drafting another good young wide receiver. I got Smith and Jigba here at 15. Yeah. And they might lose Randall Cobb, too. So they basically don't have many wide receivers left. I really want Smith and Jigman to fall to 25, but I know he's not going to do it. But yeah, I do have him. I do have him falling a lot further in the draft just because of the health concerns and people. And, you know, they always make up this fake narrative. Like, there's always a fake narrative that they make up for some players to slide. And I just feel like there's a fake narrative that they're going to make up for Jackson, Smith, and Jigman to, to uh, fall. All right. Let's get to the last pick of our mock draft for this episode, and it is the Washington Commanders. I'll I'll go first because you already said the guy that I'm going to pick. I said that it was 1A, 1B for the Patriots between Gonzalez and Branch. Mm -hmm. I lean to Gonzalez. I'll take Washington picking Branch. Washington's defense was better as the season went on, but still could be better. And we know that Ron Rivera does like to have a very solid defense. I got Brian Branch here. I think I'll help out the secondary. Basically, whichever secondary guy the Patriots don't take, I think Washington takes two picks later. And so I have the same concept except different secondary player because I already have a Gonzalez going to the Eagles. Branch went to the Patriots. Now I have Devin Witherspoon coming in to the Commanders where I think it's somebody that they feel like, hey, this could have been a guy that went a lot sooner and he just kind of fell in our laps and we're going to take him. We like what he can do. We like uh, him and how he's able to fit into our system. And so, yeah, I'm with you. We're on the same piece there that I think that this is a great opportunity for the Washington Commanders to finally boost that secondary. Yeah, I think that it could also be a Joey Porter Jr. spot if he's on the board. I think Washington's going to go defense. So Eileen Branch, because he's versatile, and I think that he would fit into that defense. But once again, I'm also kind of all over the place based on my projections for secondary pieces since I have the Raiders going off the reservation again and taking Porter Jr. before a couple other corners are projected to go. All right. So we will end this talking about some of the draft props that are associated with our plays and maybe a best bet or so it's kind of hard for us to find draft props i mentioned a couple but I, I really don't see many draft props up right now but before we do that let's talk about underdog fantasy because underdog fantasy is heating up for march madness college pick'em is a great way to get into the action especially if your bracket is busted after day one i know last year last year i had kentucky i did i had kentucky and st peter screwed me so well I wasn't too mad because then I ended up betting St. Peter's every game after that and made a profit. So underdog fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. All right, Scott. Well, we talked about, I think one interesting prop that I've noticed for yours is you had Devin Witherspoon as the first cornerback drafted. And I talked about it. Christian Gonzalez is a minus 200 favorite to be the first cornerback selected. So if you hit that prop, you're you're bringing in a nice little chunk of change on Devin Witherspoon there. Do you see what the price is on Witherspoon? Uh, yeah, give me one second. I had it right here. I moved off the screen. So Devin Witherspoon to be the first cornerback selected is at three to one. Okay. No, but you had Joey Porter going to the Raiders first, who was seven to one. 
Joey Porter, 7-1. So nice couple of plus money prices where you can split half a unit there and make profit if you get anybody other than Christian Gonzalez. For the record, I had Witherspoon at 6, and I had Porter Jr. at 7. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. So I had Witherspoon at 3-1, to which... I, I just feel Detroit being physical here, drafting a Big Ten corner who played on one of the best defenses in the league or in the nation last year with Illinois. Yeah, I think Witherspoon, a three to one, has value. The thing is, I think Gonzalez is pretty good, but do you think it gets held against him that nobody played defense in the Pac 12? Mm, maybe. It, I think it could, but based on just reputation, it, I do feel like Detroit, they already took a Big Ten corner. Who hasn't worked out in Akuda a couple years ago, but they have drafted some Big Ten secondary pieces in the past. I think there's some value on Witherspoon, who I think can play immediately because he's a pretty physical corner. I think there's some value there at three to one. All right, and I, so here's here's the big one for me. I don't know what the line is right now. Sorry that I don't know what the line, but I'm I'm sure that you can pull up the line if you're listening and you know compare to what I'm saying. The big name that I did not talk about in my mock draft at all, as I said earlier, Anthony Richardson, I think he's going to fall. I think that the media, the social media, everybody, the public, everybody outside hyped up Anthony Richardson. He went and got all this steam move for number one, and I think he falls. I really think he falls. I just – I think that teams look at – and even though Cam Newton panned out for a contract or two, and then ended up not working. I just, I, I truly just feel like how the NFL has conducted themselves, how teams have conducted themselves over the past few years. And, you know, the talk of always taking these athletic quarterbacks and trying to convert them to different wide, to different positions, make wide receiver, running back, all this other stuff. I just think that teams are going to let Anthony Richardson fall. So I'm not going to give out where I have him going. I do have him going in the first round. I'm not going to give out where I have him going. We're going to save that for the next podcast. But, I do have Anthony Richardson sliding past 16. So I'm going to take the over in the number, you know, where he's drafted, because I think that he is going to fall. I'm not even sure what the number is, but I got him going eight to Atlanta. That still might be over because mm-hmm. he's linked to potentially going number one overall. So let me you see might if see I can figure this out in the top five, but I have him going eighth. Eighth might even be a stretch. Once you get, once again, I think Atlanta could trade the pick. And maybe somebody else who's desperate trades up for a quarterback and Richardson's there at eight. And they're just so wowed by the combine measurables. They draft him anyway. But yeah, I'm not exactly high on Richardson, but I don't think he's going to fall out of the top 15, in my opinion. He could. I just don't think he will. Yeah. And he's got like very, he's got to be like four and a half. Like got to assume is going to be around the top five for his problem. Yeah, like five and a half, something like that. He got a huge shift. So I just think that we're getting a very – he's probably plus money to go over, and I think that – I think he can. Like, I just – I don't I, – I think that go, taking him early is a risk that a lot of teams are not going to want to make, honestly. I, truly I think don't. it comes down to the Colts. Yeah. And I don't think the Colts are going to take him. So I don't think he fits the system that they even want to run. Yeah, but whether you I mean, maybe Richardson... maybe because he just had Jalen Hurts, you know, it is a Steichen or whatever, however, Shane, whatever. Uh, so maybe, you know, he's thinking, oh, I can do the same thing that I was doing Jalen Hurts. And maybe he does. But I, I think that they're going to, you know, go more prototypical. Well, Levis there. Yeah, right. I agree. Uh, what else here? Our, our main uh, d- our long shot prop that we agree on was um, 
Smith and Jigba not being the number one wide receiver. We thought there yeah. might be some value on uh, potentially taking a look at, well, a big play receiver for Tennessee to replace A.J. Brown. And I think that's paid. my best bet I want to give out for this day, this show. I think it's a great let's price. Give, let's give out that one. I mean, Johnston at plus 210, plus 220 to be the first wide receiver taken. I think there's value there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do that. that let, that's going to be, I don't know if you're, are you riding with me? That's my best yeah, bet. Yeah, we both have Quinn him going 11th. Yeah, Quinn Johnson be the first wide receiver drafted. That is our best bet at plus 250, you said? Uh, I said plus 215. 15. 215, Quinn Johnson, first wide receiver drafted. All right, everyone. Scott, anything else to repeat before we get up out of here? Not really. We're back once again next week, probably to go through the final half of the first round. It was fun. Uh, I think this format worked out well. So looking forward to going through the second half next week. Absolutely. All right, everyone. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Like, like our videos, like our shorts, all of that. Make sure you at SGPN NFL for all of your NFL gambling content on Twitter at SGPN NFL. He's at Right Show Radio. Matt really real underscore underscore. We gave out Quinn Johnston first wide receiver to be drafted plus two fifteen. I mean, other than that, I really don't have anything else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending podcasts. I'm just going to end it like this. We are out of here. <laughs>